Microphone check, one, two, what is this? It's the five foot seven assassin in the podcast business. I am your host, Rohan Patra, the rap music plug at your service. Here we are again at the end of a To me, one of the things that impresses me the most about music is its ability to make me care about life experiences, perspectives, and topics that I either don't know anything about or have no relation to my current day-to-day life. Today's guest, rapper-producer Pink Navel from Massachusetts, is a prime example of being so good at what they do that they make me care about something that, frankly, I could care less about these days. That thing being video games. Because on Pink Navel's latest album, How to Capture Playful, fully produced by Kenny Siegel, the whimsical passion, the lyrical and musical brilliance all combine together to creating one of the strongest albums of 2023, which is centered around a core foundational subject of video games. So I'm very excited today to have Pink Navel on the show to dive into their expressive style of rap, the wonderful Ruby Yacht crew, and the makings of the terrific brand new album, How to Capture Playful. The Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV is the remedy to the I don't have anything good to listen to problem. Through in-depth artist interviews, album reviews, and general rap commentary on the best that the underground rap scene has to offer, this is your one-stop shop to knowing what to add to your queue, play next, or pop into your record player. Welcome to the show. Pink Navel, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you, dog? I am uh, doing all right. Yeah. They're doing sweet. pretty good. Sweet, sweet. It's another uh, beautiful day on the road for me. So just mm-hmm. in different place every day. It's nice you're, though. You're in Bend, Oregon. Is that how you mm-hmm. how you say it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm currently sitting in a pizza in a pizza shop in Bend, Oregon. Went to some thrift stores, the homies, and just kind of took a little side quest over here to chat with you. So yeah, yeah, just chilling. I love it. I love it. Uh, Hell yeah. You know, you got you got a pretty idiosyncratic style of rap. I think that's a good way of putting it. Um, mm. And you're very often referential to certain hobbies you have. Obviously, video games. That's like an obvious one with your new album. But, For sure. you know, these are things that, you know, some of your listeners may, may, even me included, to be honest, may not always be super familiar with. And I always wonder with artists such as yourself who do, the, who kind of have that kind of style, like, do you... Does it concern you or do you concern yourself at all with being accessible, quote unquote, to other people that maybe not are into the kind of niche things you're into? Or do you kind of like to appeal to what you love and let that attract who it attracts? Well, to be honest, I kind of see it as the inverse, right? Where um, my freedom to be hyper niche about the things that I'm into makes me accessible to people who sort of feel as outsiders in this world of rap, like mm. queer people, neurodivergent people. And when you when you kind of like take away that curtain and say like, you know, I kind of see you in a way that I think other people either aren't showing or don't see them, it, it, it makes your music accessible to, 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 to people that aren't usually being rapped to or like sung to and um that's something that 
I really instill in my work because that's what drew me to a lot of indie rap and nerdcore rap and art rap from the, you know, 2010s or a lot of that same ethos of just like really, really being honest and genuine about the stuff that you're really into and rapping about it is what drew me to the genre in general. So I try to like keep that tradition going with my work for sure. That's interesting. That's a really interesting way of putting it. I, I totally see what you mean now, now that you put it that way. Is being that kind of, I don't know, vessel or force for people that you're describing that don't always feel as, you know, connected to the typical rap stuff? Like, does that, is that something that really drives you, that really like inspires you to keep going and making music for them? Yeah, absolutely. And just, you know, in some way, it is a bit self-serving just to be proud of this like weird thing that I do and, and be unwavering in, in the weirdness. Um, I really dig the, um, the privilege I have to do that, you know, and, and I want to do it for as long as I can, for sure. I, I don't, I don't want to fold to the industry or the trends to, to, you know, do something that's more accessible quote-unquote in the way that you're using the word you know yeah um yeah yeah no, that's interesting and yeah you're speaking of like self-serving you know like one thing that i take from your raps very clearly is that it just feels really raw like a really raw expression you're putting mm -hmm. your entire soul in it whether it be something you know more you know emotional or something that you're just really happy or excited about or passionate about mm -hmm. that really interests you so like, how does making rap music for you serve as a, a release, an emotional release or cathartic release, anything like that? Well, yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's like the classic story of the, of just like a living artist, you know, we, we all go through stuff. We all experience life and, and experience hardship and experience joy. And, and it can be very cathartic to commiserate or celebrate those parts of your life. And I think making music, if that's something that you're interested in and passionate about can be a great way to do it. So it's very just ingrained in my everyday life to, to, to sing about the things that are going on for me. And um, I've been doing it for so long. It just really feels like you know, it sounds kind of cliche, but it feels like second nature to, mm. to do these things and to like continue this practice. And so that's that's always been part of the approach for sure. Who is present when the player needs a quiver of needles or when the enemy is rabid and they expect you to seal them across the canopy building a bag so massive and feeble it's none other than the traveling vendor masterful beetle quite thrifty non-glitchy hobbles quickly through the gray plane in search of hard significant inventory to placate acts that amass the difference of a certain health percentage beetle pushes forward so that he will become one of a mention sought one helpful ballast on its role in the plateau's greatest battle since their catastrophic fall as the rose bloom of calamity calls one could ask how the people of the land will resolve and seek courage I mean, you mentioned the life of an artist here and you and just in the kind of response you gave it's reminding me a lot of rubiot in general and yes. particularly the conversation i had with rap ferreira because i think there was a particular moment where i asked him about like if he i'm trying to think exactly like, but if i think it was like if he prides himself on being unique or different like how much does he try to do that and he kind of said a very similar thing in just different words that you just said where it's like it's second hand it's second nature to him 
it's mm. it's not really a thing that it's conscious decisions to stand out and try yeah. to make music that is different it's just who you are and that reverence i feel and that um pride that i can hear mm -hmm. in your voice in terms of how you talk about the life of an artist is very interesting because again it reminds me of a lot of the artists i hear from at the from the ruby yacht and about like how they take their the pride and the importance they feel i think as a poet or as a as a artist and so like what about that ruby yacht ethos has resonated with you and how you like to create art in your career yeah i think you're totally on the money i think everybody in the crew we we make very different stuff we come from very different backgrounds but what unifies us is this similar thinking and this ethos of just like complete freedom in our artistry and i've been you know i've learned everything i know from being in rubiat and from experiencing and touring and creating with this group that um i really instill that and i definitely pride myself in honoring what we represent as a crew and what drew me to them initially you know i i've known roy for 10 years now which is a long time but just upon meeting them and, and, and on the road just this like degree of freedom and fun that i was not exposed to at the time like mm. like true just like true freedom and fun and and, and um, doing something so unique but so comfortable in doing it not feeling out of place you know coming with this perspective of like you know we're about to do something so so incredible and so unique that um you're the one missing out if you're not listening versus like uh, versus no one's listening to us because we're x y or z you know mm -hmm. type of rap um, and i always just really admired that to to this day i still do but now it's more like i you know continue that and honor it in a in a through my practice for sure yeah, there's definitely a conviction and a confidence to 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 what Ruby Yacht, your crew, really represents to me. Yeah. Just being so unabashedly yourself. I mm -hmm. think that's a, a way to put it. And I, I think that's what's what's interesting about Ruby Yacht too is like I would not be able to compare you to any artist out there. But that being said, you feel so at home within Ruby Yacht. Like that makes mm. sense like and that's weird to say because because of what i just said like you you seem very one of one but yet i'm like oh no these are your people's like that just makes sense and it's it's odd that i can say that so confident. for sure for sure there's definitely you know there's definitely like a rubiat sound but i think over the years it's gotten more and more broad and it's really more of a spirit you know that you can hear in the music because you know Shaw Ray raps a lot different than I rap, but I think when you hear the two the two styles, there's this like encompassing um, spirit is I think the perfect word that like draws back to the crew for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know, as as the distinguished leader and founder of Rubia Rap Ferreira, I know he's someone you just mentioned. You've known for a decade, which is interesting. Uh, I know you respect and and really have a lot of love for this guy. So you know, what kind of what aspects of his artistry or his approach to his craft really you find particularly special or inspiring? 
Yeah, I don't know. I love Ro. He he really does it like no other person, you know. And um, I think a lot of artists, a lot of artists, have great talent, but feel this pressure to play the game a little bit, and it takes them very far. But I think Ro has gotten just as far, if not farther, by being you know, by stepping outside of that and really paving a new path that a lot of people follow, you know, and that can't go unrecognized. The, 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 the groundwork that not, not only Rubiot, but just like his own approach to making and, you know, um, putting out music into the world, how it's affected indie rap today is just undeniable you know mm -hmm. yeah so i think it's very significant and special for sure yeah i think for sure like i know so many people myself included that have been that owe a lot to our kind of current tastes and current music uh interest for uh to rap ferrero and what he did yeah. because i know things that happened day and night were was a pretty groundbreaking listen for me to just Absolutely. introduce me to a whole new world that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a, I think again, it's that idea of being so, especially when it comes to not only the music you make, but the road you choose to travel. Mm -hmm. That's something that's like, I, I think maybe now it feels a little more <laughs> due to people like rap Ferreira and others too, that have paved a certain way it now feels a little more clear on like, oh, you can actually get some, you can make some, some moves here. You can make some things happen in this space. But 10, 10, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, there wasn't really this established, like, I feel like as lively of a, a scene right now that we're getting, we're just, I feel like there's just so much good music right now. It's, it's exactly. And, and even down to the model, you know, the, the, just the return of cassette tapes in indie rap, I think in part can be attributed to the Rubiot approach mm -hmm. and the, the style and the, the rollout strategy, if you will, everything it's, it's, it's all, it all can be charted back to like, you know, early indie rap, you know, Mike Eagle too. And like the hellfire club stuff. And, 100%. and you know, it's, it's all sort of like the groundwork that I think a lot of, a lot of what we do in the scene now kind of builds off of. Yeah. And, you know, part of that uh, kind of approach is, is the way I think of how you engage with your fans, because I mm. think unlike almost any artist out there, you have a really deep and organic kind of relationship with your fans. That I find it so fascinating. Um, you know, like I know you did these these Twitch streams where you make beats yeah. and you invite <laughs> fans even to like call in and talk mm -hmm. to you like that's that's very very unique, very, very special, I feel, to, yeah. to your fans. Why have you put such an emphasis on connecting with your fans in, in such a way? Why is that important to you? It, it, it comes from a different part of my influence that's like totally outside of rap. But um, I know I rap a lot about this guy, Zay Frank, on my last record, Epic. And Zay Frank is this very early YouTuber um who i study a lot in his philosophy around social media and connectivity online and when i started the epic club it really was a, a 
modeled directly off how he used to interact with his fans sort of back in the day, early 2000s on YouTube. And I was very much involved in this as a fan of his. And um, he would do these crazy collaborative projects um, and really like connect with, like if you, were, if you wrote a comment on his video, he might make a full video about what your suggestion was. Like he was very much truly listening. And he would do these TED Talks about how the internet can be a tool to to like tighten the bonds in real life as opposed to it being perceived as a, another world outside of real life. Mm -hmm. And when I started streaming, you know, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people tried this. I, what, I, what I wanted for me to make my sort of approach to that unique was this idea that you could just call me and like say what's up. And I've made like really amazing friends um, through this like so we just put out epic oh sorry we just put out how to capture playful and the cassette tapes were designed by my friend jan hello ten bear and um jan i met because they were just always on my streams and would mm. send me gifts to put on the the layout and was really just helpful for no reason because they just digged the the vibe that was happening and so um, they've been instrumental in, in, in helping me out with all these different visual projects because they're so talented on, you know, Photoshop and, and those types of programs. And it all stems from that. And I also have to shout out Slurpy, who was another um, person who I met through the streams who would just call in all the time. And I just loved their gumption. This like kid who's just so creative. I guarantee you in a couple of years, you're going to have Slurpee on this podcast sit mm -hmm. and, uh, under the similar vibe. Like they are, they are definitely the next generation. So it's, it, it, it was, it, it was cool to connect in that way. I haven't been doing it as much. I think I've kind of stepped away, but I'll, I'll always love what I was able to build there. And I think the Epic Club and it's, and it's, it, it's, it's own ethos of just like truly, you know, open-minded acceptance to, to you know anyone who's interested in trying this weird thing called art you know will 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 always be really special yeah i really like that uh there were some really influential and important like early youtubers some of those people really still hold a special place in my heart um yeah yeah the that thought that uh zay frank that you said they um they had about the internet and social media and all that about like a tool to tighten bonds versus kind of being this othering thing that I feel like a lot of people treat the internet these days, which is mm. just like a, a way to, as a tool for us to like kind of become further and further apart actually. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of your, your, not this past uh, record, but your, your last one Epic, because it had a very, heavy incorporation of like internet culture, like TikToks, memes, like it was a big part of like the, the album's fabric. Yeah. And I found it incredibly, incredibly fascinating. Not, not one just because of like the fact that you pulled it off in a way that was like really cool and like musically engaging, mm -hmm. but just the, the more overarching ideas of this kind of new age culture that's being developed by the internet, which I just find is like so endlessly intriguing fascinating scary at times it's like all mm. of it in one and like kind of diving into that a bit more like what, what do you find like fascinating in a positive way about the internet and the culture that it, it brings 
I think really this this collaborative transformation of media and how and how fast it moves, you know, in terms of creating memes or creating content online that's informed by previous content and this deep, deep lore of sort of just like internet ephemera that exists mm -hmm. is really fascinating to me. And how 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 TikTok has added to that is so wild where you know you can you can divorce a a video's audio from its from its visual. Yeah. And sometimes the audio of a video is really what takes off versus the 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 video itself. And you'll see people remix and redo and it's just like mess with that part in a way that I just, you know, first of all, it's so much like rap and and that's what I'm thinking. As soon as you're saying this, it's like the repurposing idea. Right. Yeah, it's like recontextualizing. Right. That's like so much about what hip hop's Yeah. And does. I mean, this is a thing that I've thought about for a long time. I did this record called Andre's Gift and Omer Tower. And a lot of that record is about this, about this philosophy that like memes are art in in its rawest form. It's like collaborative community driven artwork that is totally open source, you know? And um I think TikTok is a huge example of that. You know, meme generators are a huge example of that. And then like how we continue and honor this this like continuity, you know, mm. like the success baby and how like now the success baby is like an adult and you can see what he looks like when he's grown up now like that's crazy you know what i mean or like just stuff like that like that um is really really fascinating the other thing i want to mention is you know in the 90s or 2000s doom mad lib dilla they were all sampling you know cartoons and tv and movies you know um wu-tang clan was sampling you know like the samurai flicks and like the martial mm -hmm. arts flicks and i think that's obviously because that's what they were watching and that's what they were interested in. But I think in the now, a lot of folks will sample that stuff and like flip it and it can sound kind of, it can sound, it will, it can, it's, it's not, it's not, it's not always this way, but it can sound kind of hammy because mm -hmm. it's just an emulation of the past where I think what they were getting at was they're pulling from everywhere into it, it, into rap and like into hip hop, like everything they do is informing how they approach hip hop. So I think my sampling TikToks and viral videos is ex the exact same thing for the modern era. And obviously, I'm not like the first person to ever do this. I mean, look at um, "Ultralight Beam" by Kanye West. Like that right. song has that sample, that girl in the, in, in yeah, the it's, car. It's, it's, it's now it's like cemented in history. It's like yeah, exactly. Um, so it's not like I'm the first person to do this, but I think it's it's like a it's like an obvious continuation of that practice. That's that's really fascinating. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking of the that's just that idea of it being so like art in its purest form. That's interesting because I, I literally just shared earlier today on Twitter something that uh, oh you you actually you just spoke with them um, uh, Cinema Sci Real Notes yeah. Um, they they shared a they shared a this like Ninja Turtles 
like it's this iced out ninja turtles meme i don't i don't even know if you call this a meme but there's no text but yeah it's a meme where it's like they're all like iced out and like chains and like rollies and and uh fucking uh who's it is who's purple one is it donatello yeah 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 donatello has like lean in his cup it's truly like the most funniest like like heartwarming image i've ever fucking seen and it's just it's madness like who's doing this like who is doing this like that's what i get the internet at its best is where i like i just tell myself like who the fuck did this and it's again not a not like dissimilar to some of the reactions i have to some of my favorite music in hip-hop which Mm -hmm. is like who is thinking that this was a good idea but it works so well like you know that's so real that's like i so think uh, i think of your fucking song on uh this latest album character select i just mm. the whole thing i'm like why is this going so hard i'm so fucking confused <laughs> yeah dog, just the list it's um and that's and that's inspired by a few different things but something i didn't even think of and then somebody mentioned it to me but it's totally maybe a subliminal inspiration was that old video um um the ultimate showdown of ultimate destiny where have you do you know this video and it's not, like but, right Darth Vader, da, 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 da. it's like this like song about how all these fictional characters are all fighting and then like oh mr. i think Rogers, i've seen that like really mr cool, rogers yeah. is like the guy that wins at the end or whatever yeah it's like, so it's so inspired by that i didn't even realize it and i was like oh my god it totally is you know but yeah what are some ways that you feel like the internet culture and all that is like negative and like do you feel that's going to continue getting worse or do you see any you know hope? i don't know i found myself i find myself i mean so i'm 27 now and just like this past like six or seven months i'm seeing myself kind of like drift out of like the the now in terms of internet culture not knowing about i'm just so used to like being on top of like all of the memes and all mm-hmm. of stuff going on but it, I've, something came around and i just didn't know what it was and then i was like damn i guess it's my time to be like the out of touch person and i think that can feel kind of like deflating there's obviously a lot of hate on the internet and and um really evil stuff on there i mean there's plenty and plenty and plenty of negative sort of like energy and like activity happening online but i don't know exactly i think i think it's a it's like any it's it's like any tool that can be you know used used for good or bad yeah it's it's going to be used for both you know which is which is very unfortunate but it's just the way it is you know yeah i tend to feel pretty similar i think it's exactly it's kind of similar thoughts to like i have with ai in some ways not the exact same but it's just lots of great stuff can be done but a lot of negative it's all just about you know who 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 the what the powerful want to do with it and what the money is behind and what certain regulations allow or don't allow you know that's kind of how i see it i want to get into this new album though how to capture playful uh let's go i so i clearly from this album you are passionate about gaming but i understand kenny is as well and um yeah i guess just start with this like could you illustrate like how you 
aim to like showcase your love for gaming in this album and like why you felt so inspired to center the Mm -hmm. album around this topic well when i met kenny and we toured together what we really bonded on was playing games in the van and and we were we were playing the same game at the time so it was just fun to like talk about it and we're like exploring the world together in some ways and you know in the back of my head i'm like okay well if i ever get to do a record with with kenny i want it to be about video games in some way and you know flash forward three years and we're like talking about doing it for real and i think i've always been really passionate and interested in nerdcore rap but at the same time I wanted to like push forward the like push the envelope on what is considered nerdcore, where whereas I, I wanted this record to be about video games, but not sound like you know eight bit or mm-hmm. you know not be too you know on the nose. I think video games as a culture and how we play sort of is an interesting idea to be explored, and so. At first, I wanted this this record to be about the push and pull of work and play, because I'm someone who obviously has been rapping about pop culture and video games my my whole career. But what I wanted to try and do was, or I, or I think what I found myself doing was I play games and think, okay, well I'm gonna play this game and then I'm gonna have more material to rap about. And that in that way makes it like my job to know. And Mm. the same with memes, it's like my job to know all of the internet culture and what's going on, because that's what I rap about. And uh, just that like philosophical question of like, is it even what I want to do then if I'm just doing it, you know, for my rap? And so this like balance and dichotomy of work and play. And that was really like what I was trying to explore in the record. And then when we made it, we're getting a lot of feedback from the homies. And and I think another dimension that was yet to be explored is like video games as escapism. And like, what are we escaping when we play a game? And I think songs like Cracked and, and like Maps and Navigation kind of like touch on that and even CMG yeah. as well. That's sort of where it comes from, where it's like about video games, the media, but it's also about video games, like the practice and the the hobby and i think that was an interesting enough sort of like thing to to get really deep on and that's why the record ended up being so long <laughs> but yeah um and i and obviously it was something that kenny was down to like explore too he was super interested in that topic and he even made a game to go with it which is beautiful and it, that'll be out soon but yeah i don't know i think it was cool because we're both into a lot of similar stuff in terms of gaming, but also a lot of different stuff. So there's a lot of different, you know, worlds and, and, you know, filling the gaps on like video game history and culture from like both of our ends. So it's just cool. Yeah. You mentioned escapism and like that idea of video games as a practice. Cause that's kind of, I'm not like a, like, I'm like the most, like uh, the most fraudulent gamer ever, probably even that <laughs> one, I literally don't own a console right now. And the only games I really have like loved, loved in my life are all the fucking sports games like Madden or or Midnight Club, like the racing game. 
the one oh, where cool. it's like the one where they they had the most elaborate customizations. You could get like all the nice rims and graffiti and like uh, decals. Anyways, I love that game and I was awesome. so elite at that game. needs a lap or two of Roomba scooter around like it's the headquarters of Google the population of hench people defends even the stupor of mine leader in charge the meaning inside a plunder of weeks at the hinds of the independent contractor with long slacks and the teeniest rides shouting and blaring I'm not a gamer I've never been a gamer uh but sure. I do respect it and uh for me, though, when I was really young, when I did, like when I still with my parents and I did game a lot back then, I definitely used that as an escape, particularly from, you know, some family troubles and just like, yeah. I feel like a definite latent depression and anxiety that I just didn't, couldn't recognize as a, as a kid. And um, I find that really fascinating. And I definitely felt that in moments on this record. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you took it that way. And I'm, I'm thinking of a review actually that was done for this record on pin in pitchfork by dash dash Gardner, friend of the show, patron of the show. And they oh, yeah. mentioned, he mentioned that uh, something that I wasn't aware of because again, I'm not really a gamer like that, but on the track present vendor, it's about this merchant character in Zelda. Right. And yeah, Beatles. like the way you kind of rap about him is about like kind of making him seem like this kind of hero of sorts and like it kind of makes a connection between the game and like just a more general real life person if you will and mm. i think it made me like realize like damn video games just like books and shows which we i think are more commonly used in rap and music so much mm. symbolism like so much kind of like like yeah draws i mean their and, text a video game is a text to be analyzed just like any film or movie is, you know, there's representation, there's metaphor, there's narrative in just the mechanics of the game versus the story even too. I mean, and that stuff can be really fun to explore. I mean, Beetle is this character that just walks the world with a huge heavy backpack and all he is there to do is to sell you stuff to succeed. That's all. That's his whole purpose. And when I was writing that song, I'm thinking, you know, when you get to that final boss and you have, and you're like loaded up with all the right gear and all the right stuff, it's like, who do you have to thank for preparing you for this, you know, world saving battle, you know, than the guy that, you know, isn't getting much credit, but is a foundation. And I think that's a really great um, analogy for community and support mm -hmm. system and, and just like acknowledging the people in your life that like are down to hold you up despite anything, you know? Uh, and uh, that's kind of like, you know, the, the point of that song, I guess. Yeah. And I, we're, I'm imagining throughout this record, like you tried to make or make those kinds of connections or analogies to uh, in other, in other instances, yeah. in other ways. Absolutely. Um, like, Boss Life is about Bowser, and it's it's a it's a it's a song from the perspective of Bowser, um, where he's like, sort of like lamenting and how he never gets to like win, because he's like destined to always lose. Mm -hmm. And that song's a bit more like comedic. It's not like very like introspective. Or, yeah, yeah. But I think it's still an interesting thing to explore, where like he's this guy that like, just based on the game that he's from, like he will never win. And 
exploring this idea that like he also knows that <laughs> you know <laughs> like even though he tries he knows that he's destined to always lose to mario or you know what's another example reset the first song is about roguelike games where when you die you reset everything but you keep it but you keep the knowledge of that realm so that you know more about the game so right the, the progression in the game is not in the system it's in the play you yeah yeah and um the idea of you know taking that into like the rap game and being like you know every time i play a show it's like a big reset but i've played a show before so i know what to do here it also kind of touches on reincarnation and just like your whole life like it will be a bummer when i finally have to reset like but yeah um there's all kinds of like analogs you can draw to like video games and life in that way and all the songs kind of have a little bit of that yeah and i yeah i love that and i just feel like overall you definitely like embodied the title i'd say because there's just a very yeah. obvious brightness and and joy kind of wholesome vibe to just get swept up in when you're yeah. when you're playing this thing and it and it it does capture that playfulness and uh mm. i think it's just really fascinating because again i'm not i'm not necessarily like the target audience from the standpoint of being a huge gamer but i felt myself hella interested so yeah yeah and i think that's absolutely worth something yeah and you know mm -hmm. outside of the topic of like gaming directly what were some other kind of topics or ideas that you were hoping to explore with this album some other stuff like you know i think i think a lot of my a lot of my work like an overarching theme is like nostalgia and childhood wonder and i think that still comes up in this record too even though since epic i think i've matured a bit in terms of like what i'm rapping about in my style but i think there's still that like youth aspect to my work um inner child healing kind of like stuff and i think a lot of people who are really into games can relate to that I speak for myself and I think many people that I love that like it's diving into these worlds and like allowing yourself to really enjoy it is, is, is a way to sort of like heal that inner child that never got to do that, you know, and never had the privilege to really know about Zelda or really like know about these things when they were younger. So, th so I think that's a big part of it too. And the production on this record, damn, very, very okay. impressive. By the wonderful Kenny Siegel, as expected. Yeah, it's it's so vibrant. It's uh, it's it's also I I do find it interesting because it's very different from the sets of beats he created for Woods on Maps just like a few months ago. Well, yeah, right? man, Kenny is like, a, a Kenny incredible. is a real amazing and talented and thoughtful producer. He he's never gonna make the same record twice, and he knows how I rap versus how Woods raps or Rory or Hemlock or anybody, you know, and he's really able to tap into that style and know what is appropriate, but still inject his DNA where it's like the beats are so different, but you know, it's Ken, you know, you know it's Ken. I think yeah. that's, that's really his talent and the sessions were amazing. And it was so much fun to like work with somebody and, 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 you know, have some directive. I'm so used to doing it all by myself. So it was cool to have that like extra brain, and like bounce back and forth and sort of like yeah explore in that way it's a lot of fun yeah and so like obviously you've you've been a a producer throughout your career like how much of the record uh the sound wise was that 
you kind of injecting your ideas, giving it to Kenny and then Kenny working with it versus kind of Kenny taking the lead and you just like let him do his thing? Well, you know, it was a lot of like, we did, we did some demos on beats that he had already had and we were exploring different like directions. And then once we made Reset and New Tech, it was like, all right, now we kind of have like a compass to sort of like direct the rest of the record. So um, then he began to like make stuff with me in mind that go in that direction. So that's where you get like just some of the other stuff in the record, but definitely sonically he, he had the lead, but what I was writing and how I was rapping informed the Sonic. It was very much like a, like in sort of like echo loop, like in like an infinity loop of um, mm-hmm. one thing influencing another and then back and forth. So to me, I found that really organic, and it was it was it was such a gift to 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 have it happen so naturally. You know, it didn't yeah. feel forced at all. Yeah, right. Yeah, I and I just love the sound on this record because it is very it has a huge variety. It definitely feels cohesive, mm-hmm. but it's, it has a huge variety. And you mentioned the tracks like uh, maps and navigation. I think really the last couple tracks end the album, not on a somber note, but on like a, a heavier note. And then mm. you also still have like some more zany, more like upbeat and colorful sounds earlier in the record, but they all flow super nicely. Like it's it's a Absolutely. very, like a, a a particular needle you guys threaded, I think pretty, yeah. pretty well. I think so too. I think so too. I love how the record ends too. I love this this sort of like introspective note that it kind of ends on, but it comes from the valley of that peak of like, of like, of like songs like Poet Bang playing cards and, and, and um, Boss Life and uh, Present Vendor, and the more, the more kind of hype ones. But yeah, I think tonally it's, it's diverse tonally as much as it is sonically, which is um, sort of a big achievement. I think for us too, is, is to have this huge wingspan of, um, of tone, which is, which is dope. Yeah, and and I was listening to Epic recently uh this week and I was I was reminded of the fact that yeah, Kenny definitely gave you a sound that again wasn't like what you rapped on before, but it was in your wheelhouse. It made sense with yeah. what you've done in the past. Uh Absolutely. given given cuz like it's not like the the way that you produce is incredibly night and day different in terms of the like the vibe tonally i guess you could say there's a glitch yeah, in absolutely. There's certain drums that feel like they make sense and i just think i was really impressed with how he tailored the sound to you me too i think he absolutely crushed it and like epic is such a sonically focused record i think all the beats kind of in that same space that i think yeah. it's cool to follow that up with a record that's so you know over, all over the place but yeah in a good way yeah in a good way exactly yeah yeah um and I feel like this is the best rapping of your career, for sure, in my opinion. And Thank you have you. such a particular diverse set of flows on this record in particular. It's mm. really cool. And I wonder, like, the fact that you did take a backseat on the production side, how did that allow you to maybe kind of, like, focus on your raps, or, like, hone in on that part of your game a yeah. bit more? Well, yeah, that's exactly it. It just, like, gives you the space to just go in. And, you know... I told this story on Real Notes as well, but I spent my last seven hundred dollars to fly out to LA for a week to make the bulk of this record. 
and it was like the only time that really it worked for both of us to do it. And I had like no money and I was like, okay, this really has to, I really have to bring it and make this count because this is kind of it, you know? Literally we'd make two, sometimes three songs a day. We were, we were like from like zero to nothing, from like zero to a hundred, like full completion songs. So it was crazy. Um, and I just felt this healthy and, you know, exciting pressure and challenge to like really make sure that I was bringing it. And I didn't do much writing before. I just would sit there and write there, but it was just, you know, you struck lightning and it, I really like was honed in and I felt, you know, excited about it to, to do it. So, I mean, like, for example, I wrote present vendor just like on the spot, like that day, you know, so just stuff like that. And same with, um, Similar like hours played, I just wrote right there. It's cool. But yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. I mean, I yeah, I always I'm always fascinated by how people respond to that kind of pressure because that could have gone a different way. That could have got you Absolutely. in your head and just felt like, oh, this gotta be good. And you're just yeah. and it flops and it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. But I knew that it couldn't I knew that it couldn't go that way. I was like, I cannot let this <laughs> go wrong. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I didn't. <laughs> No, you did not. I and yeah, I, I love the record and I and I felt that that energy. Uh it didn't feel like a a desperate energy like maybe it could have been, but it it instead just felt like a just very lively, vibrant. Absolutely. Yeah. And that comes Absolutely. across for sure. Hell yeah. Okay. So before we wrap this up, like what are some, you know, upcoming, maybe upcoming new music in the future or just like merch tour stuff that you wanna call Yeah, out? well. Um, as of right now, the vinyl and the cassette tapes are still available on Kenny's Bandcamp, which is kennysegel.bandcamp.com. And I have some shows um, coming up on November 11th and 12th. I'll be in Boston and New York with Fielded and Kayana, and that's going to be a lot of fun. And then in December, I'm, I'm opening for Open My Eagle on his tour we're going to Texas. We're going to New Orleans. We're going oh, down. Oh yeah, the, you're gonna be on that. That's gonna be awesome. Coast. So yeah, also, so I'll be there with Mike too, and that's a big deal. I'm very excited about that. And um, so come catch some of those shows and say what's up. I'll have t-shirts and stuff. So definitely do that. That's awesome. And do you? I imagine you don't have any uh, details on any upcoming new music late. You're just kind of focusing on this one still. No, focusing on this one. I mean, I've been working on the next record kind of on and off since we kind of wrapped on this, but it's not, you know, mm -hmm. that one's, yeah, like semi-self-produced, like a more kind of just like think me of a affair, but that, that won't be for a while. So don't yeah. even. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's all good. Cool. There's a lot to chew on still with this one. Uh, thanks again for coming on. This is really, really uh, thanks appreciate so much for you having, having me. And thanks for working with me on the time and everything. And um uh yeah it's cool to do a podcast from pizza restaurant <laughs> yeah i hope you ate already before i wasn't keeping you waiting. i did don't worry i did okay good 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 yeah <laughs> i mean yeah you're super unique really love your spirit and what you bring to the game and just just keep just Aww, keep doing thank it you so keep much. doing you man so much love to you dog and thanks for what you do for the scene too on the show and, yeah thanks man thanks appreciate yeah. that take care for sure peace peace 
You know it's funny you asked We hadn't actually passed a fashion heat from a class I was just up in my room I did not understand what I had wanted to do And so I fumbled the plan At least I mastered the groove I wasn't in my bag I wasn't at my peak But at least I had rap Maybe a game once a week It was an indie release Not triple A, maybe D Wasn't the weakest of ways To see the world in a blink I was just hoping to sink Into a mic on a screen It was a game we had played A rock and roll digital so there we have it, another episode of the Rap Music Plug podcast presented by QLC TV. I hope this episode gave you some new perspectives and insights into what the greatest art form known to man in hip-hop music has to offer. If you want to support the show in the most meaningful way possible, it would be my absolute honor to have you as a patron in the new Rap Music Plug podcast Patreon. Through this Patreon, you will be getting exclusive content such as bonus episodes, exclusive album recommendations, exclusive playlists, early access to episodes, and more. And above all though, you will be able to support the show directly in a way that will not only justify the crazy amount of time I spend on this show already, but allow me to cover some of the expenses related to supporting all of these great artists that we cover on the show through the website and will allow us to sustain and build on this amazing growth that the RMPP has experienced recently. So if you have any questions about any of the Patreon stuff or just want to keep tabs on the show, interact with me on rap music and all the great stuff that we can talk about, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at rapmusicplugpod or shoot me an email at qlctv.podcast at gmail.com. You can also rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe on YouTube and Spotify as well. But that's enough self-promotion for this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Peace.